dangerous. Beware, it's dangerous. It's gonna be one of us. In a trip close home because we're the pirate optimus. To the west, to the east. Gonna find the way, it's laying the way all the way to Ahoy, and welcome back to Piecemeal. It's another mailbag episode, and joining me this week is Matt. Hi, Joel. Hello. And Dave. We didn't get given anything to do intros with. Nope. <laughs> we are avoiding as many pleasantries as possible so that we can read these goddamn emails. We've been marooned. Honestly, if any of us had two-syllable names, Tyler would have just skipped it. Just the first syllable. That's all we get. The. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll start with this mercifully short one from Captain Ray. Uh, Thank you, Ray. <laughs> subject is, cheesed to see you've made it. Hey there, piecemeal crew. It's been a while since I wrote in, but now that you've reached Wano, I just couldn't help myself. I love Wano. The babwang of the shamisen, the bubble of <laughs> boiling noodles, the wails of the people dying ignobly of deprivation. What a country. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Put that on a brochure. Come visit Wano. Yeah, exactly. Wano Tourism Department. (laughs) Uh, One little downside is that they don't get the news out there. But that's where I come in. For example, did you know that shortly after the victorious Straw Hat crew left Whole Cake, there was a freak explosion on Cheese Island? The cause is still being investigated. But the damage and widespread devastation speak for themselves. The Roquefort is gone. The Swiss is missing. And the blue cheese blew up. In fact, there's nothing left except debris. Is this an SBS bit? Love from a certain <laughs> pirate on a certain island on a certain ocean, Captain Ray. I like certain ocean because that implies that there's another one we don't know about yet. The mail, the yeah, mailbag is starting now. <laughs> I no longer feel the need to thank Captain Ray. <laughs> We have another one from Point and Click Ace. This one is titled Crazy Theory About the Celestial Dragons and the Will of D. I've never heard one of those before. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Piecemeal Crew and Captain Tyler. It's Point and Click Ace here again, and I apologize since I think this is my third email in as many days. (laughs) They were all kind of sent back to back. I see. Uh, But I was thinking, uh, while listening to episode 74 and reading volume 77, and had a crazy thought. Uh, What if the Will of D is a reincarnation thing? Which led to the thought that I hope it's not true, uh, because what if Luffy is the reincarnation of Roger? Then uh, my brain went down a rabbit hole. If the Will of D is really a reincarnation thing, what if they are the original 20 kings who formed the world government? Huh. Hmm. And what happened in the Lost uh, Void Century was that a group of people killed and took the place of those 20 people and took their place. Huh. I mean, they I mean, do say that uh, history is written by the, the victors. Doffy kind of t- said something about that during Marine Ford. Yeah. I like it. Uh, which I, I have seen my share of theories that are basically Luffy and Roger are the, like, avatar of Joy Boy. Oh, mm-hmm. mm. uh, uh-huh. Uh, which would be why they are so scared of those with the name D and uh, people finding out what happened. Uh, the great super weapons could have been used against them in battle or only used by a D. Oh wait, a new thought. Uh, what if one of the original kings betrayed the others and that is why Blackbeard is so different and more cruel than any of the other D people we have seen? 
Ace, you beat me to it, damn it. <laughs> I, I've, I've long since believed that Blackbeard represents, like, the black sheep slash betrayal of the... Whatever the D-Clan is, I assume that there's, like, subsets, because mm -hmm. otherwise Jaguar doesn't make sense. Right. And so right. I, I agree with that statement. Like, the only reason they, they lost to begin with is because there was a traitor? Something like that, yeah. Uh... Okay, off to go get lost down this rabbit hole now. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting theory. I could see it playing out. Uh, I I kind of hate most of the, the reincarnation theories mm -hmm. or like Luffy's the chosen one theories. Right. But I don't I don't mind like the idea that all the D's are in a cycle. Hmm. Interesting. Together. See, I don't like reincarnation if it's like literally, I don't know, they come back but without their memories or something. But I do think that, you know, the inheritance of will fits perfectly. Like it, it is the central thesis of this series. Mm -hmm. And so I agree that I think that Luffy has inherited Roger's will in a way that other pirates haven't. And that's why he's the main character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love you guys. Keep it up and keep on dreaming. Point and click ace. <laughs> Thanks for writing in again. Thank you. Uh, next up is from, uh, I think, Dagon. <laughs> oh, my. I, it's spelled the same way, so I'm going to say it that way. And soon you will be gone. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, who writes, X mark from Eni's Lobby. Ahoy there, piecemeal crew. Call me Dagon. I'm a huge fan of One Piece and everything about it. You guys included. <laughs> oh, thank you. I started my journey, as many people probably did, at the start of the pandemic. Uh, I don't know why I thought you were going to say at the start of the manga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started reading chapter one. <laughs> I started reading it from a public library years ago, but could never find past volume two. As I entered high school, our library got updated and started carrying the omnibuses. So I proceeded to binge read up to Alabasta before getting grounded from the library. Oh, no. <laughs> what did you do? Apparently teachers want you to pay attention in class. <laughs> the library want... is so odd because, you know, normally the people getting grounded are the troublemakers, and the library is not where the troublemakers Right, go. yeah, this isn't how it's supposed to go. <laughs> we want you to enjoy books, but you're enjoying them too much. <laughs> then the worst possible outcome is seeing the children enjoyed books. Uh, I didn't touch it again until adulthood. I had always wanted to watch it, and after getting an appropriate streaming service, I binged the absolute fuck out of it. Uh, unfortunately, I'm an essential worker, so that, mean, uh, oh. that meant breaks were spent mini-binging. No rest for the wicked. Oof, and you didn't even get financial compensation for that Indeed. shit. <laughs> uh, I noticed early on that it uh, differed from the manga, i.e. Broggy getting his hands covered rather than exposed when Mr. Three stabbed them. Uh, call me morbid if you please, but I appreciate accuracy. But I digress. So through a weird mix of both mediums, I caught up from the beginning to a certain man born to boil, and have been keeping up on the manga ever since. Uh, however, as you current readers probably know, once you're done, you're not really done. Uh, I like to tune out when I... Game Plus. <laughs> I like to tune out when I'm working. It helps me focus, and listening to your podcast makes my days literally zoom by. God bless. <laughs> As of writing, you guys are wrapped up Whole Cake and heading into Wano. Whole Cake is a lot, but I'm hoping Sanji has been redeemed in your eyes, and I can assure you he has progressed tremendously during Wano. Uh, oh, yeah. Which brings me to my X mark. 
I'm currently re-listening to the podcast, having just finished up Annie's Lobby, and I've noticed a comparison. Sanji required Nami's help to fight Khalifa because he can't hit women. And this won't be the last time he'll need a woman's help. Okay. Anyway. Oh, haha, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any, anyway, sorry for the speech. I hope this gets to you on the Grand Online someday. Time for me to set sail. Sincerely, Dagon. Bye, Dagon. Thank you for writing in. I hate that I actually waved. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up is from uh, Cakes here, who's on the Discord. Uh, This is titled, Thoughts on Holes and Cake Islands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's really ominous when somebody gives you their thoughts on holes. (laughs) Hi, y'all. It was, Cakes. Well, it was loved, right? Yeah. People generally like that movie. Holes? It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, y'all. Cakes here. I did the thing. Also, warning, this is a longer email. It is no secret that Oda has a lot to say about the current state of the world and how, and how inhumane it can be, usually focusing on a single topic per arc. So when I heard that Whole Cake Island was considered a divisive arc, I needed to know why, as I hadn't started reading One Piece until we were solidly in Wano. Uh, but from my understanding, it was a few, re- uh, few main reasons. The party continued to be split, and a lot of people did not like that Zoro was gone and Sanji was the focus. The story, like Dressrosa, was on the long side, and so the anime needed to pad the runtime more uh, than I would have liked for a little that was meaningfully added. And finally, Oda was commenting and critiquing a very ingrained ritual in our society in marriage and love. So, to properly understand, I'm going to summarize the arc. Uh, Sanji is kidnapped from his traveling polycule by the mob in order to be sacrificial, uh, a sacrificial pawn for his estranged Nazi Power Ranger family in order to gain a new protector, the evil Disney mm-hmm. Corporation. <laughs> I, love, yeah. I love One Piece. <laughs> At first, he resists, but quickly bends the knee when he learns what's at stake and slowly locks himself into the role he is given to play, but not a role that he is best suited for. All while reliving past trauma caused by being raised by literal Nazis that did not see the value of emotions. All while he is trying to convince his wife to be, and himself, that this is what they want. So wait, if Big Mom is is Walt Disney, does that make pudding Mickey Mouse? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Meanwhile, half of Sanji's polycule come to get him back, as they know that Sanji is much happier when he's with them, and do not want him to make this terrible mistake. The Straw Hats then make a plan to get Sanji and his family out of the wedding they were going to die at otherwise, and in doing so, anger the only person to benefit from this marriage, Big Mom herself. Uh, This day was never about what Pudding wanted, and she was in the same boat as Sanji, but couldn't break the chains that bound her. Thus, the Straw Hats proceeded to ruin Big Bomb's party, cake, wedding, gifts, palace, and opening past drama. (laughs) All within the span of about an hour. Yeah. It was a long day. And so, with the Straw Hats successfully on all counts, uh, successful on all counts, they go into full retreat mode and hightail it out of Totoland at breakneck speeds. So what does this all mean? Marriage was not originally about love. It was about gaining power through blood. And where does that power go? Straight to the top of the already powerful. It doesn't matter who the underdog is. If the ruler wants to, uh, wants just your stuff, there is nothing stopping them from cutting you off as soon as you lose value. 
There was no love there at the start, putting stress on everyone involved as there is no guarantee that they will ever be happy together, leaving all parties involved in some form of permanent limbo for how they feel, except for one, the ruler of the powerful, in this case Big Mom. Without the Straw Hats intervening, there was no hope for the Vinsmokes to live. Every major Charlotte was accounted for and the Vinsmokes were caught flat-footed, but one party is left that I have not talked about yet. The children of the powerful. How hard is it to say no to someone that is as selfish and powerful as Big Mom, as that is literally why she attained Emperor status. The world government could not control her and so they admitted she got out of their system. Now add in that she is your mother. Your options are conform or die. She will try to make sure you like your life uh, that was given to you, but through manipulation and information control so it's almost guaranteed. And in some cases, conform and die. <laughs> and if not, you do uh, you do so anyways, as the other choice is death. You could try escaping, but without a strong enough will to do so, and there's no guarantee that you will find uh, what you are looking for, and so steps in Charlotte Katakuri, the man that was chosen and chose to be the Stoic Protector. A man that loved his family so much that he was willing to hold much of the burden that was being a child of Big Mom, uh, because no one else would. But he couldn't be himself because of his self-sacrificing nature until he'd saw just how stupid he was. Luffy showed him that even if he wasn't strong enough and never would be, someone else could. Because Cap if there's anyone who knows about being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Katakuri just needed a little push to become the ultimate big brother and still be yourself. I can't wait for what comes next for the Charlotte family, as if Big Mom falls, they now have a very strong ally. Uh, see you on the high seas. Thanks for writing in, Cake. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes, really makes me wonder what would happen, because we had the... We've already had the the debate. Yeah, they're starting like, to talk about mutiny seems, a little bit. It, it seems like... <laughs> It seems like a decent number of the family would just automatically side with Katakuri for leader. But, it, you know, if he if he tried to go in a different direction, would they turn on him? Yeah. Which, I mean, Flamp certainly seems to indicate as such. That's a really interesting possible story for the future. Right. The power okay. struggle before, between uh, Charlotte uh, Katakuri and Charlotte... Um... Sparrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It would be kind of interesting because, like, we you know we don't we haven't gone to the end of Wano, but who knows what will happen to the cat or the Charlotte family, not the Katakuri family. But if oh, they're if at all some point, yeah, if all eighty six of them are still around and they're still threats and they're all pirates in their own right, if Luffy accidentally creates like a Charlotte family civil war, then that means that the Straw Hats will be unimpeded by them. They'll just be off in their own corner doing whatever <laughs> pretty much yeah. they want. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Uh, I'm not knowledgeable enough to know when the switch happened, but it is interesting to think about how, like, it was just understood that marriage was a power thing for centuries. Yeah, before it became a, a ritual about people sharing love together. Yeah, right. I would have to look into it more, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. I feel like. I feel like Fiddler on the Roof plays a part in that at some point in the timeline. Because that's what that movie is literally about. Mm -hmm. Right. The dichotomy between marriage for status versus marriage for love. I just wonder where the like the concept even came from. Like, yeah. I guess it's, it's always... You, because, 
because mm-hmm. it is a huge cultural shift. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I feel like that might have been like the the romanticism of of France in like the 1700s, if I remember my AP European history. But <laughs> it's I actually have someone in real life who told me they're like, you know, that marriage is supposed to be about building a contract. And I was like, not 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 <laughs> modern day, not in 2023. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a time wow. traveler? <laughs> do, do you have a dowry? Fucking <laughs> <Okay>, monarchists. <laughs> Uh, next up, another one from our friend Booty Stank. Ah, hey. Booty Stank. Indeed. Uh, hey there, piecemeal crew. It's your old pal Booty Stank. And I think I might have something you kind of need to hear. Oh. Uh, one Taylor of y'all. Swift's latest single. <laughs> uh, one of y'all said something about uh, not being about the power scaling community, and other than the person who said it. Uh, I think it was Laura, but then again, I could be wrong. I have obnoxious country music blaring in the shop I work at. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, not again. (laughs) Uh, I finally found someone who views One Piece the way I do. The One Piece or the Straw Hat Pirates are but a small part of a bigger picture of the story. Let me explain. We might be seeing this massive world through the eyes of the Straw Hats, yes, but... One thing that One Piece does that most anime doesn't is the fact that when the main characters are on the screen, the world keeps turning. Such as when Luffy and the gang were just now entering Wano, at the same time the reverie was going on and we found out a lot about what was going on uh, simultaneously. If you look at One Peak the way I do, then you you look at it not as just a journey of one pirate crew, but one massive world building experience being told through the eyes of one crew. Like viewing a game of chess through the eyes of a pawn. Uh, I hope I didn't mean the future king of the chessboard. (laughs) Uh, I hope I didn't make things too confusing. Having ADD or ADHD or whatever I have, sometimes diagnosis takes money I do not have. Uh, Sounds like it makes the perfect sense in your head, but when you vomit it out at someone, it makes you look like you are insane. And then a butterfly flies by and your memory is wiped clean and you forget what you were talking about. Uh, P.S. I tried out Five Finger Death Punch for the Rednecks at work, and I ended up hating that almost as much as the country music. Oh, no. (laughs) My solution, I spent some money on Facebook Marketplace on a secondhand radio that is very loud, and now nobody can hear what they are playing. (laughs) This, you, wait, hang on, you realize what this is, right? What's that? This, this is a cover story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the booty stank adventure happening in the, the background. The, the ongoing saga of the music of booty stank's workplace. <laughs> uh, I'm forcing Lorna Shore down their ear holes so I don't have to listen to any more country. Thank you all so much for this podcast. You make my Mondays so much better. Keep up the good work, and I'll be waiting for you all at Egghead. What? <laughs> PSS. If you think one antagonist in One Piece were to come back and team up with the Straw Hats, who do you think they would be? Bellamy. I feel like we've we've had this before. (laughs) Crocodile. Boy. Yeah, I feel like Katakuri is probably a strong contender there. Yeah. I don't know if y'all have talked about, like, kind of uh, headcanon for, like, the final island or the final battle or whatever the heck is going to happen, but I've always thought of it as it's going to be, like a big everyone's here smash bros moment yep and so like literally everyone luffy's ever punched will come back and i think most of them will either be wary of being punched again or will help luffy punch someone else (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it's going to be something along those lines. I mean, the, the Straw Hat Armada is already setting up for something like that. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like, because they don't kill anyone, none of the pieces are ever off the board. They're just in a slightly yeah. different position than they were last time. Yeah, that's the advantage of never killing anyone. Uh, next up, another very short email from Sai. And the uh, subject is Short Kings. Mama, mm. mama. Did you know Big Mom has a Tantata child named Charlotte Normand? How did that happen? Anyway, keep dreaming. Love, Sai. <laughs> Dream, dr- dreaming about what? I don't know. <laughs> about a large woman and a very small man. I, I don't know if I want to dream about this. <laughs> no. Um, no, I didn't know about the Tantata child, but I mean, no. we did find out um, recently, right, that she has almost every race, so of course yeah, Tantata like, would be represented. Logically, yeah. Sense. Yeah, can't argue with it. Uh, we have one from Kevin, who's written in before. Kevin from Sweden. Uh, and this is a maybe the longest one, so this might be the last one for this time. Uh, Kevin from Sweden writes with some childhood memories related to Katakuri. Hi there, crew. This is Kevin from Sweden again, here to swamp up your already swamped up mailbag, and with kind of a long one. Uh, recently got on the Discord and have really enjoyed being part of your community. They're all really nice, and the best thing about them is that they all love One Piece. I've never really had anyone to talk about One Piece about in real life, so this outlet is really great. Uh, this is also the first time I've joined a Discord server, and let me tell you, it's a lot like being a uh, Luffy without a Nami on the Grand Online. Not that your Discord is hard to navigate, but Discord in itself, and thankfully I've had a lot of great people helping me out. As you have now met the amazing Mr. Katakuri, it brought up a lot of memories for me, so I did some digging in my childhood treasure closet. Uh, When I was about 10 or 12 years young, I started my own One Piece-inspired fanfic. Ah. Heard heard you all are a fan of those. (laughs) Very much so. It was called something like War Right, roughly translated from Swedish, of course. Hmm. Uh, and it was about getting the war rights, and whomever had these rights could either start any war they wanted without consequences, or end all wars forever. Okay, okay. they, they get a right. pass from the Gorosei, that makes sense. Uh, maybe I was inspired by the peace part of One Piece. Hmm. The peace, mate. Uh, the story and the world was inspired, but not copied. I came up with my own story and my own world, which was heavily inspired by One Piece, though, as uh, they all were divided into pirates and marines, had bounties, and devil fruits. I don't know if you can call it fan fiction at that point, then. (laughs) It's just kind of a blend, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Whenever my mom bought me a new One Piece pocketbook, I loved to always, first uh, before reading it, inspect the cover the title, and the names of each new chapter, and then theorize about the content. (laughs) So when I created this fanfic, I first sketched a few characters, named them mostly after my friends, came up with epithets like gladiator and dark eyes, with sad backstories and cool weapons or devil fruits, and then I simply wrote the whole story out in chapter titles. (laughs) It's not a bad way to go about it. How (laughs) profoundly relatable. (laughs) Uh, and looking back at them today, I have no clue what half of them are about, but at mm. least I had fun doing it. Yes, that is the important part. That's what matters. Then the craziest thing happened, and kept happening. 
And now I believe in the egg theory that either everyone is the same person or there is some type of collective memory because a lot of things from my fanfic ended up in Oda's story. Uh. Oh. Uh, let me list a few selected things that I found funny. First of all, the world was split into four different kingdoms, each named after the four suits on playing cards. Oh. That's a very Kaido <clears throat> and Beast Pirates. <laughs> oh my uh, god, yeah. Clubs, diamonds, hearts, and cloves, so Dressrosa was a trip. Yeah, that too. I forgot about that. I had a character called Violet that was an undercover agent working for the baddies of my first story arc. <laughs> Her real name was Viola. Wow, Dressrosa <laughs> definitely was a trip for you then. <laughs> uh, I was like 10, so Oda has no good excuse for that poor alias. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was he a is child. also What's writing for ten-year-olds. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think that's. I, I think that's just a. I think that's just a thing in the One Piece world. Like, yeah. remember um, uh, Vivi's bodyguard or whatever. Oh the, yeah, Igram and Igarapla. Igram, yeah. <laughs> his name is just his name, but with some stuff on the end. Or Luffy becoming Lucy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No or one Yasui becoming Yasu. <laughs> no one in One Piece is good at is good at disguise names. To be fair, he was Tanyasu, but still. Yeah. Uh, I remember clearly that I wrote this entire fanfic on the summer break and that I was only on Arlong Park then, waiting for my next pocketbook. Uh, my creative mind running wild after the greatness that is Arlong Park. Uh, the undercover agents were all part of an organi- uh, organization just called Color. Huh. I-, I based the whole organization on the theme and... Uh, they all had different colors as aliases, with the primary colors being the top agents and the best fighters. Uh, I didn't know that green was not a primary color, so green was one of the top four. (laughs) And let me tell you, the top four had some interesting powers attached to their names, along with one other agent and the boss of the whole organization. Uh, The top agents, red, blue, yellow, green, and then white and gold, had the powers of... Red having magma, blue having frost, yellow having solar power or light. This is a slight spoiler, uh, but they, well, I'll, I'll edit that part. Did they guess green, basically? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yes, green. <laughs> green is green. <laughs> green is correct. Uh, white having sand because of white beaches, I think. And gold, Ooh. the leader of the whole secret operation... Ran a casino. Didn't have sand powers. I wasted that on white. <laughs> uh, but I'll get to gold's powers. First, I just need to mention how crazy it was for me when the Admiral showed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and one special thing about Yellow was his real name. Uh, something I didn't catch until now when I looked back on my drawings. His name was Thousand Sunray. <laughs> oh, for what fuck's the sake. fuck? I think you just have observation hockey slash uh, future. Yeah, history. like this is this is getting out of control. Or you're a Oda from the future who went back in time and forgot his memories. Some of them. Oh my god, a time time fruit. <laughs> uh, one bad guy who turned good and joined the crew after uh, Color was defeated was Agent White. I was a fan of Dragon Ball too, uh, and he was named after my friend Zam, so he had a sand fruit because Zam sounded like sand. Uh, he was not the boss of the organization, but a very powerful agent that betrayed the leader Gold, kind of like Robin. Uh, the leader, let's get to that. He had the gold fruit, and I didn't treat the gold fruit as expected, not like Tesoro. 
I made it like a more powerful version of the sand fruit where he could turn to gold dust and also solid gold on command. So goddammit did Kid Kevin sort of predict Crocodile's powers anyway. Yeah, God. Uh, I didn't really make it past the color arc, but had some of the future events planned out, like a Marineford-style war and Naruto spoilers, an end war where all the dead guys would show up again. One of my main guys was a swordsman who would get a new sword all the time. This was just before I read about Zoro getting new swords in Logtown. My character would get bigger swords each time, though, so maybe not that similar. (laughs) I hope that was exponential. Yeah. Eventually he just has a sword that can cut God because it's based off of Japanese media. Right, exactly. (laughs) Eventually he just starts reading, like, the description of Guts's Dragon Slayer. But when Zoro bought new swords in Logtown, Kid Kevin died and Sage Kevin was born. Oh, God. I'm so frightened. The sword guy was an amalgamation of Zoro and Sanji, of course. Uh, So, of course, I made him a runaway prince for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking God. A prince that hated his cruel king father, might I add. Uh, The king's name was nothing special, but boy, did I almost swallow a grape when Sanji's mother's name was revealed because the queen in my story was named after a classmate whose name was Sarah. So I made it into the name Sora. Hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. Wasn't the character Sora in Digimon uh, (laughs) made Sarah for the English localization? Maybe. I don't. I think she might have stayed Sora, but I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've watched. Yeah, me too. Uh, I also had a guy named Sachi, another name that popped up in One Piece. Only notable, uh, the only notable part was that he uh, came from the Heart Kingdom. And Shachi on the Heart Pirates, obviously. Uh, But the main thing I wanted to mention was the main character of my story. He was called Simon after my best friend, and was straight up almost a Luffy clone. He even had a D initial. Uh, Would have been fun to see if Kid Kevin could have tried to solve what that meant, but I didn't. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, if if he had somehow predicted what the D means. (laughs) Would have saved me a lot of time. Indeed. I wanted Simon to be an upgraded version of Luffy, so I made his starting bounty 1 million right off the bat. Oh, man. Jeez. Mostly because I made his father a well-known crime boss before I read Logtown. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted Simon's powers to be an upgrade of the gum-gum powers that Luffy had to get topical again and get back to the point. Many say that we meet Luffy's powered-up clone on Whole Cake, one who fights with the slimy powers of Mochi. I had no clue what Mochi was as a little Swedish kid. All I knew were meatballs and semla. Semla! (laughs) Semla! You gotta cut out the middle somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I thought that an upgrade of gum would be something like slime. So Simon ate the slime fruit. Wow, what an appetizing name. (laughs) Hey, uh, and I envisioned people have been collecting slimes for a long time now. It's a there's no shame in it. So is this so is this just caribou? I was thinking <laughs> of that too. Uh, I hope so. And I envisioned him being able to control his body like a logia before logias were even introduced to me. Uh, Simon's most powerful attack was based on Luffy's Gatling gun, but instead of punching really fast so it looked like he had more arms, 
Simon would actually throw more punches with more arms than he made with his slime powers. Like a certain Katakuri. God. It was so insane to read Whole Cake for the first time. And I mean, maybe <laughs> it's not that hard to predict that a better version of a gum gum fruit would be something malleable. A lot of people theorize that Luffy's awakened powers would do something like that. Uh, but I made this prediction almost 20 years ago, and I have never known what to do with this information. <laughs> <laughs> So, so here you go. <laughs> I have Thanks now done something it with us. it. <laughs> I mean, it's an honor. This is a, this is a twenty year journey. Yeah, <laughs> it feels good, like a cleansing confessional. <laughs> it's like I I may be psychic, specifically with regards to One Piece. <laughs> Not sure what to do with this. <laughs> I had a. I had a similar relationship with Naruto. I'll keep it short. Uh, just know that one of my first OCs that I ever made was a uh, a guy with tall, silver, spiky hair. And he had oh, lightning powers. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I um, Before we got to um, Whole Cake, or right as those chapters were coming out, I mentioned to Catherine and a roommate that we had at the time, I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if there was a mirror mirror fruit? And I didn't read the leaks, but that week, <laughs> that day, one hour before, the mirror mirror fruit had been revealed in, in text. Amazing. <laughs> uh, this was a long one. I got carried away on memory road. Uh, I also attached a couple of images as proof of my prophecies, oh, but oh they're, all, <laughs> uh, they're all in badly written kids' handwriting. And Swedish, so yeah, this will probably mean say. nothing to you. I <laughs> uh, guess I'll end it here for now and leave you all with a question to make this worth your while and throw the ball over to the crew again. <laughs> Has anything like this ever happened to any of you guys? <laughs> you kind of just said so. <laughs> jumped the gun, yep. Well, I got another one. You just, uh, <laughs> I also accidentally created the hit uh, manga slash anime Parasite. <laughs> oh my god, really? Yeah. I fucking love Parasite. How did you create it? Well, it it came up with me trying to figure out like a fun, unique way to make a character immortal, and I decided the way we would do that was via an alien parasite. Very right. nice. Have and uh they oh, were annoying as fuck and lived <laughs> inside your arm mostly. Hmm. <laughs> Have any of you ever read uh, I think it's called The Weirdness? Um, no. I'm not familiar. It's a short story. It's not short story, but it's it's relatively short. Um, but there, the evil guy is an evil warlock who realized he could live forever if he just takes a little bit of health from everyone around him. And then eventually got to the point where he couldn't stop. And so he was immortal. He's like, I fucking hate this. I hate being alive <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, kind of a recent example came up in my life. Oh. Uh, have you guys heard of Silo? I don't think yeah. so. It's a new a new Apple TV show. Huh. It's based on a book series, the first of which is called Wool. Mm-mm. I think all the books have different titles. I don't remember what they are. Uh, my partner's been reading them, but Tyler, uh, could we you watched imagine the first if a series all had the same title for every book? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know what I mean, yeah. like book number of series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The basic premise is that uh, humanity lives inside of a silo because it's too dangerous to go outside of it but maybe that's not the case question mark Uh, that's the mystery it's like when morty Uh, lied to his son about not being able to go outside because of the poison gas yes (laughs) 
It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. It's it's exactly like like, like the the village. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in elementary school, I wrote a short story about a civilization that had to live inside of a huge dome because it was like perpetually winter outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the main character went outside and found out that it was actually fine, and everyone inside was like living in an inverse snow globe. Oh, Ooh, okay. What did we? Um, I know you just mentioned the village, Matt, but I knew I went to a comic con and there was a writer there who was like, yeah, I got to like the second, third draft of this story about, uh, and I've never seen the village, but like they were all secluded and they weren't allowed to have technology. And then we went to the theater and we were watching the village and five minutes in, I went, fuck. And my wife went, oh, that's your story, isn't it, babe? I'm like, I can't publish it now. (laughs) Hate when that happens. Mm -hmm. The closest thing to this, I don't think I've ever really done anything like this in fandom. The closest thing is that like the like mechanic that gates main quest progress in Dragon Age Inquisition, mm-hmm. my friend and I invented like ten years ago. Ten, <laughs> ten years before that game came out. <laughs> That's the closest thing for me. Uh, P.S. The ending I had planned for my fanfic is also totally insane, and I would oh, love to share it. But it's something that recently happened at the end of Wano, so I can't share it until you've all caught up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, so thank you for writing in, and as said, there's some attachments of uh, some of the fix and also some illustrations, it looks like, so I will share that with you guys later. Yes, good. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see the illustrations. Uh, and I think we're going to wrap up there for this this <laughs> edition of the SBS. Oh, boy. So thank you, everyone, for writing in. Uh, and we will be back with another regularly scheduled episode soon.